Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse, your number one podcast for horror reviews, bullshit and booze. Unfortunately, this is not the greatest podcast episode in the world, no. This is just a tribute. I may have deleted the greatest episode in the world. This is a tribute. And with me once again, and for always, is the host who likes oh. the ghosts, the man who was born for torture porn. It's the overpriced <laughs> Antichrist himself, Jimmy Faulkner! All right. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, all right. That was, um, that's probably the best intro we've had yet. What are your reasonings behind that, may I ask? Well, yeah, we should explain. This isn't the greatest episode in the world. This is just a tribute because we recorded the greatest episode in the world. And then uh, some magic happened and it disappeared. I remember it being quite funny and I laughed a lot. Uh, That we lost a whole episode. Yeah. That we had already uh, recorded and now we have to try and recapture that magic. Yeah, so we've sat on it for a month and a bit to <laughs> yeah. see if we can rekindle it. And I don't know about you, but I've not done any more research than I did the first time. No, but I I have read the notes that I wrote a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. About 10 minutes ago, so I don't see there being any issues. I do. I, I know that we cured coronavirus and solved a, a few other world issues in that episode, but they're gone and I can't remember at all. Oh, is that why we're in lockdown part three? Which also is quite interesting that we're in lockdown part three, or well, I don't know what you'd call it, 3.0. Yeah. And this film is the third film of the George A. Romero zombie trilogy. Hell yeah. So that's quite fitting, isn't it? And we're kind of, this is kind of, we're living the day of the dead at the moment. Hell yeah, we are. Because Night of the Living Dead, oh, it was quite fresh. Like, the first lockdown, it's quite fresh, quite interesting. Like, oh, shit, we've not done this before. This is exciting. Yeah. Everyone's, like, getting on with their business in their houses, doing our thing. We were chatting on the phone, recording it, talking bollocks. And yeah. then we had the mini lockdown, which was, like, Dawn of the Dead. It was just like, oh, here we go again. Still a little bit, but we got Christmas and that. And now we're in this lockdown which is day of the dead it's just like well all right it's the same old thing again isn't it? we've been locked but down no in the bunker so everything. long we're all going crazy yeah but i think there's a lot less going on now in this lockdown than there was in the very first one how do you mean 
Well, because the first one was fresh and it was new and it was exciting and it was like, oh my God, this is the, this is it. This is the end of the world. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, it's not. And now we're at number three in the trilogy and it's like, oh, well, we've done this. So literally I'm just sitting around in my pants doing nothing this time. Like in the first time, like I would just actually trying to do sort of active things. Yeah. You know, recording music, trying to put out little bits and bobs, and we were doing little bits and bits and bobs. But now in this one, I'm just fucking playing Xbox and not doing anything really. Just drinking JD at the moment. That's what <laughs> I'm doing. Just waiting for this one to be over. Everyone's got their vaccines, and we can go back out and realize that the vaccine has actually turned people. It's going to actually turn people into flesh-eating zombies. Yeah, well, that's the dream. That's a hot take right there. That's what I think about the vaccine. I know exactly what you mean, though. Uh, first um, first lockdown, everyone was, right, let's record some music at home, put it out, let's all do these. I bet there were more Zoom quizzes than anybody could stomach. And this yeah. time, everyone's like, uh, yeah, when's the next Madhouse podcast coming out? Well, <laughs> yeah, let's just buckle down and uh, let's get through so we can listen to a couple of likely lads talking about shit. So that's Films. a good segue into two likely lads talking about shit and uh, Day of the Dead, released in 1985 by George. Yeah, boy! <laughs> boy, George. By George A. <laughs> Romero. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this film, Dewey. That's my I do. first impression. Yeah, and uh, he wanted it to be like the the gone 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 of the what the fuck is that film called? Gone with the wind. Gone, gone with the wind. He wanted it to be the gone with the wind of zombie films. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. Is it good? I've never fucking seen it either. But I've seen Day of the Dead. So, so we should probably watch start. Gone with the Wind. It must be a good film. <laughs> I don't think there's any zombies in it. Is that the one with the wolves in it, or am I thinking of someone else? Is it about someone's uh, helium balloon? They just let it go. And they're like, oh, no, it's not good. No, man, it's gone with the wind. And then that the or someone's uh, farted themselves to death. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's gone with the wind. <laughs> Swiftly moving on to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Settling some lawsuits. Or a plot slot. Yeah, we'll do that instead. Why don't you say some words for a minute while I set up a clock that times 10 minutes? Because that's what I was meant to do, isn't it, beforehand? Okay, so I have a mixture of drinks I'm on tonight. I'm on a, a cider, and I'm on a, uh, a kind of a gold-ish bourbon that I quite like at the minute. I'm on the third bottle since Christmas. Nice. Uh, it's very smooth, but I do wake up smelling like um, an American bar floor. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's how we do it now. That's how we do it in lockdown. Three. Who cares? I'm mostly I'm just cider again tonight, I'm afraid. I'm not I've not got any interesting new insights on alcoholic lifestyle. You've S- lost your hair. Cider again. I have shaved you my shaved hair your off. Head off. My head off. <laughs> <laughs> Shave my head off. This will be a very different episode. Right, I've got ten minutes on the clock. You ready? Yep. You take the first paragraph, and it gives me a chance to also load up the plot slot. <laughs> okay. All right. Off you pop. 
In an underground facility, housing scientists and soldiers, the scientists are trying to find a solution to the zombie pandemic. The soldiers have been assigned to protect them. Dr. Sarah Bauman, her lover and soldier, Private Miguel Salazar, radio operator Bill and helicopter pilot John fly from their underground base to Fort Myers, Florida in an attempt to locate additional survivors. They find only a large horde of the undead and they return to the base where they are told that the military detachment's officer in charge, Major Cooper, has died. Sarah becomes concerned over Miguel's worsening mental state. All right, well, gliding over the fact you can't say the word Salazar. <laughs> Salazar, yeah, because I remember last time that I just said his first name and I went for surnames then. Salazar. Yeah, it's, it's Salazar. Anyway, I'm not going to point at all, all the words we get wrong today. Well, we very long podcast. Dr. Logan, the lead scientist, whom the soldiers nickname Frankenstein, believes that the zombies can be made docile by training and conditioning. He keeps a collection of captive zombies for use as test subjects in a large underground corral in the compound. The angry Captain Rhodes and the soldiers that he leads object to the dangers involved in capturing zombies and keeping them inside the compound. The tension between soldiers and scientists worsens in the face of dwindling supplies, loss of communication with other survivors and slow, uncertain progress in research. During a meeting between the nerds and the jocks, Rhodes declares that following the death of Major Cooper, he is taking command of the base. He only grants the scientists some time to prove results and declares that he will execute anyone who interferes with his leadership. He also threatens to abandon the scientists and leave the compound, cutting off their protection from the zombies. Shaken by Rhodes' threat, Sarah goes to the quarters shared by John and Bill to discuss the situation. John professes his conviction that the zombie plague is a form of design punishment against mon mankind, that the scientific... Mankind? Mankind! That the scientific mon commission mon is doomed to failure, and that the effort to preserve records of civilization is pointless. He sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't he? Absolutely. He suggests that the three of them should take the helicopter... That's not the sexy dance move that I do. That's an actual helicopter. Abandon the soldiers and fly to a desert island somewhere where they could live off the land and start a family with just one woman. So I know what he's got on mind in his mind. Dirty! Dr. Logan hopes to secure Rhodes' goodwill by showing him the results of his research. Logan is especially proud of Bub a friendly and non-aggressive zombie who remembers some parts of his past life and engages in rudimentary human behaviour, like listening to music, aiming a pistol, saluting Captain Rhodes and repeating a string of garbled words. Civility must be rewarded, Logan tells Rhodes. If it's not rewarded, there's no use for it. Rhodes, however, is slightly not impressed. If people are rewarded for listening to music and repeating a string of garbled words, why are me and you not Nobel Prize winners? That's <laughs> uh, very, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. During a zombie roundup mission, a zombie escapes his harness when Miguel loses his focus, and the zombie fatally wounds Sergeant Miller, who fires his gun with his dying breath and accidentally shoots and kills a friendly soldier named Johnson. Miguel attempts to kill the capture the creature that he captured. 
But another zombie bites him on the arm. Sarah amputates the arm and cauterizes it with fire to stop the spreading infection from killing Miguel and reanimating him into a zombie. Rhodes then calls off the experiment and demands that all captive zombies be destroyed. It's very good uh, technique that if you get bit on your like your wrist or something, cut the hand off, burn the end of it. You'll be called stumpy, stumpy hand, yeah, stumpy arm. But it's not the it best works. technique all the time. It's the best technique if it's like a zombie biting your hand. Yeah, but we we get you know, <laughs> listeners, if if you are listening, because obviously we are getting towards this apocalypse now, so you need to take our uh, advice. And that's what hap- that's what you're gonna have to do. If yeah, a loved one gets bitten, cut them off, burn it. Definitely. I'm just saying we are not condoning chopping off your hand if your cat bites you. It's got to be depends, a zombie. Depends. Depends if the cat's uh, rabid or not, or, or if it's or like, a zombie it's, cat. It's undead. It's undead. Yeah, we've all seen Resident Evil. Sarah and Fisher later discover that Logan had been experimenting on the remains of the dead soldiers and an audio recording of him rambling to himself. Fearing that Logan has gone insane with the conditions worsening, Bill decides that they should leave in the helicopter immediately. Rhodes finds out that Logan has been feeding the flesh of his dead soldiers to Bub as a reward for his docility and positive behaviour. Enraged, Rhodes kills Logan and seizures, seizes the remaining scientists and non-military personnel, stripping them of their weapons. Rhodes brings his prisoners and attempts to force John to fly him and his remaining soldiers away from the base, which John refuses to do. In response, Rhodes kills Fisher, locks Sarah and Bill inside the zombie corral with the zombies and orders Steele to beat John into submission. Back in Dr. Logan's laboratory, Bub manages to escape from his chains and finds Dr. Logan's corpse. In a display of human emotion, he mourns the loss of his instructor. He then picks up a pistol and goes in search of revenge. I think you did that last time. I did. I love it. I love saying revenge. Revenge. I will have my revenge. I'm really scared right now. Revenge. I was just saying, I can't remember doing any of this reading, but the word <laughs> revenge, that brought back memories. <laughs> Meanwhile, a suicidal Miguel holds off a un- motherfucker. Meanwhile, <laughs> a suicidal Miguel heads off and notice to the outside fence where he first opens the gate to allow hundreds of zombies to walk through and then allows the zombies to begin tearing him apart before he presses the release button that lowers the steel loading gate and gives the zombies access to the base. While he's doing this, John overcomes his captors, steals their weapons, and goes into the zombie corral to rescue Sarah and Bill. As the zombies rapidly enter the complex, Rhodes abandons his men and flees on a cart. Rhodes' subordinates are all killed. Bub finds Rhodes and fires at him. Rhodes hesitantly tries to escape, but he runs into a huge mass of zombies and is cornered by Bub, who shoots him in the stomach. Bub sarcastically salutes Rhodes, who is then torn apart by the zombies. See, I feel bad for stumbling over my words here, but you wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) John reunites with Sarah and Bill inside the zombie corral. They manage to get to the surface and fly in a helicopter to a desert island, as John had earlier suggested. Sarah marks another day off her calendar. 
And then I'm guessing uh, John tries to get the ba 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 Someone's Plot getting some, aren't they, on that desert island? Someone's got their... Uh... It won't end happily. What is it? Two guys and one woman on at the end of that. And uh, yeah. someone's going to be the third wheel. That's all I'm saying. One and a half minutes left on the clock. Wow, they might like people do it, don't they? People do it. That's that kind of relationship. So you don't know. And it was the eighties, so a lot of coke. I'm guessing. A lot yeah. of coke, a lot of small willies. What? <laughs> Drugs makes your willy go small, doesn't it? God so damn I've it. heard. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just no, it doesn't matter. Give me a moment. It just explains a lot that's happened to me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> is there like an anti-drug out there oh hey, wait viagra's a drug and that does the opposite yeah there you go yeah exactly uh, anywho boom plot slot sorted should we move on to frights and delights yeah why not we didn't really do a segue there but we're definitely out of practice well I'll do it next time nah edit one in <laughs> and speaking of small penises here's frights and delights <laughs> okay, there's no small penises here. It's just a couple of dickheads. It's frights and delights. Ah! Oh yeah, this is one of those films, Jimmy, where lots of uh, <laughs> sexy information out there on the internet. Definitely yes. can't have a small penis while reading these. <laughs> the uh, the underground facility was shot in an old limestone mine and it was being used as an underground storage facility at the time that was not as sexy fact as I may have led to believe but that was not that sexy <laughs> it's interesting it was yeah. the least successful of Romero's trilogy of zombie flicks um why do you think that was I don't know maybe people had seen it there was, I don't know, <laughs> there was shit going on in the 80s that was more shocking. Uh, Night of the Living Dead was a shocking film at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah, so it probably did. Do you think people just, yeah, do you think people just got bored? Maybe. It, it was, how can you up it from, he, I think he did up it. But uh, I don't know, I can't remember how well Dawn of the Dead did. I think that was. I think that did quite well, didn't it? All of this. All right. I think it did. I think it did well. So, um, I but don't do you think maybe people's? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Want, I don't think mentality, but sort of. Um, were they a bit bored with films that went on longer, like a trilogy? Do you think? And it got to the third one, and they were like, "Well, oh, well, I've seen the first two, so oh, another one." It could be that. Maybe uh, in the 80s. It could be that in the 80s there were a ton of B-movie horror films around, lots of zombie stuff maybe going on, and in the first two films there wasn't exactly as much. So if you were, had an audience that would go and watch it, they would all go and watch it because there wasn't much else on offer. Then in the 80s, you're dividing that audience between a few films. Yeah, all right, yeah. Maybe. Well... Return of the Living Dead came out in uh, 1985, didn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. I can't remember. 
Round about then. Yeah. Reanimated it as well, I think. Yeah. God, that oh, was a good film. Go. Let's do another reanimated soon. That was nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Just having a little flick through the other 1985. Well, while you're having a look, films. I just say Romero uh, did say this was his favourite film from his trilogy. So out of all three. Yeah, he said it was, yeah, like we said at the start, Gone with the Wind. Uh, Uncle Reggie from yeah. The Night of the Living Dead played a zombie in Day of the Dead. He had a zombie moustache and was shot by steel towards the end of the film. <laughs> he found any more films yeah. in the 80s? <laughs> No, that's that was just a lovely little fact there. Lovely little factoid. I do like the little uh, Easter eggs when uh, people pop up film to film. Like the two actors who played Captain Rhodes and Day of the Dead also played cops in The Dawn of the Dead. Pilato yes, was in Dawn of the Dead as a cop and in Day of the Dead as Rhodes and uh, Ving Rhames played a cop Ving in Rames. the 2004 for Dawn of the Dead and played Rhodes in the 2008 Day of the Dead. So there is that there is that fan theory that the character from Dawn of the Dead when he's just a cop that the two characters play in both the original and the remake in Day of the Dead uh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead that he's a cop and then the fan, the fan theory is that it uh, it's been a few years past and he's now in the military and it's the same character from Dawn and then he's in Day. Oh, I like that. That he's moved up and he's now a soldier and that's why it's the same uh, the character. I quite like that. Yeah, but... that's cool. That is, that's nice. That, that's like yeah, uh, that's... he was a cop then they were calling up for people to help fight the zombie whores and he signed up. And Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's a good. I think that's a... I hope that's a... I would watch I hope that a was film based on him doing that. Him deciding to sign up. So it starts at the end of like Day of the Dead and the film ends at the beginning of... Uh... Sorry, which two films did you talk about? <laughs> ends at, um... Starts at the beginning of... The end of Dawn of the Dead and ends at the beginning of the Day of the Dead. His story in between films would be a good film or TV series. Yeah, because it's, uh, there's not... We don't, we don't see the amount of time pass from each film so it could literally be overnight but i don't think it is i think it's a matter of i think it's a matter of years between each film i definitely in think the time years, and here's my reasoning some of those army dudes were middle-aged and fat as fuck but were still like private <laughs> 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 it's like yeah they got some massive stomachs <laughs> and they're running around acting like they just signed up 20 years old. And uh, it's because they have been in this facility for decades or fighting the same war for decades. Well, fuck, we don't know. We don't know. The, we don't actually know the timeline of from night to day. So it could literally be a few hours, but it could be a few years. I think it's a few years. I think it's years, yeah. I think it's years. Maybe not decades. Oh, no, I don't think it'd be that long because everyone's got there. It's all going to die out. You've just got to outlive a zombie because they are dead and they will rot eventually. So you basically, you've got to outlast the last zombie. 
But like in the walking. But they're dead. just rotting anyway. Yes, yeah, yes. So they they're literally gonna rot away to nothing. Why do they decompose so slowly? Say that again. Why do zombies decompose so slowly? I don't think they do. I think it's just. I think that's how. Surely, well, how how long does a human take to? I don't know. Let's do an experiment. Uh, if uh, we're looking for a volunteer <laughs> out there who is willing to decompose in a spare room, but uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh no, I'm just googling it. I, I can see you typing something, and I'm thinking of stalling. But I did just ask for a volunteer for a, to die in a room for us. I don't think I could keep talking. Okay, so here we go. Oh, done. So generally, it could take about a year for the body to to decompose into a skeleton in ordinary soil, and eight to twelve years to de- decompose the skeleton. Okay, there so a bit like in The Walking Dead, we're on like 10 years past the thingamabob now. Past the outbreak. Yeah. So, so is... they, they've got to be coming to the end of it. So they've just got to I was going to say, do you think through... there are zombies from the beginning still going? Or is it just newly infected people all the time? Because there doesn't seem to be any... There's way more zombies than live people to replace the zombies. But there's a lot of people in the world, so... You've got to go through that, but so there you go. A lifespan of a zombie is about one year. Well, that does not hold up with any of the films or TV series. Wow, fuck. Well, they need to get their research done. I'm calling uh, bullshit (laughs) on the the zombie film franchises. Have you got any more fights in the life? Well, there is, because they, because a lot of them move about, a lot of them move about that are like a lot bone anyway and it's like right yeah that's i suppose because what's moving the bone but they're not even buried in soil they're exposed to elements walking around i don't think we're going to solve this no i don't think we're going to solve this have you got any more frights and delights no i was just going to ask you a question actually of um where would you like to where would you like to kick off your um zombie uh campaign would you like to be night of the living dead style would you like to be in the thick of it dawn of the dead style or would you like to be day of the dead like where would you like to if you could just shut your eyes yep and go i wish i was i wish i was i wish i was here which one would you be in? So the choices are Night of the Living Dead, which is basically, do I want to be trapped in a house defending the house from zombies? Yes, but at the very start of the outbreak. Okay, yeah. The other one's Dawn of the Dead. Do I want to be in a shopping mall with all the supplies doing kind of the similar thing to the first film, but we're in the thick of it? Yes, but you're you're let's say you're a year to maybe three years into it. But I am wiser for it. So in the first one is less how do I do this? You're like, Oh shit, what's happening? In the second one, at least you know what's happening, you you've probably killed a few people, you've yeah changed yeah. who you are fundamentally <laughs> to deal with yeah. the situation. The third one, end game. 
kind of end game, but kind of not end game, yeah. kind of more restricted by, I would say, uh, government and military. Third lockdown style. Yes, but can I have the option? I want to be in uh, Day of the Dead, but the at the end where everyone's just boning on a beach. Um, no. Okay, I'd probably go for Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I think I would as well. Freestyle in it. Lawless. We got somewhere big enough. We can defend it. If we're smart, we can survive the rest of our lives there. Yes. And I wouldn't be doing it from scratch like in Day of the Dead and at the... in uh, Sorry, like a Night of the Living Dead. And in Day of the Dead, it would just be like some dystopian nightmare as well, so... Yeah, yeah, actually, I think I think I'd like to go in right at the start. Yeah? Right at the start, get my shit going, like, proper, get my kills up. I want to get my kills up in the first couple of years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe but then you're just they, getting they the advice. They want to call of... me the zombie killer. Aim for the head. Aim for the head. I'm aiming for the testicles. I'm aiming for everything, whatever. Get them down. Yes. Yeah, I think I'd go straight. For, probably wouldn't make it to uh, the dawn, but never mind. Be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll keep the shopping mall ready for you in case you survive. I'll put you. I'll I'll get a room ready. The sex Ooh. shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's your reward for surviving to the mall is a lifetime supply of butt plugs. <laughs> oh yes. I've well, got you one only more need one if it's good. I've got one more. What did you say? Okay. I said you only need one if it's good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, Romero had to write five scripts for the film because he was trying to fit the story around the budget that spent the original 200 pages was after many drafts cut down to 88 pages, much to Romero's annoyance. Uh, the studio kept on at him throughout the process as they wanted an R-rated film, not the unrated film he wanted. Unrated means... We ain't saying shit about this film. It's it, it's just bad. <laughs> shit gets real. R-rated means you can watch it if you're an adult. Um, but Romero kept trying to kind of like straddle the R-rated and unrated boundary as much as possible to get a version as close to his vision as he could. But I, I really like the film we got, so screw it. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, I've got a winning fright for this year, though. Oh, okay. If you were this year, this episode, probably this well, year. It is this year. It's the first first episode this yeah, year, so, boy. Uh, hey! Is it March or something like that now? February. <laughs> <laughs> probably so the... will be when we find out that uh, everything's been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice segue because my winning fright for today is OneDrive. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Microsoft. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, my OneDrive was full and that's why it didn't save properly apparently and I have now completely deleted OneDrive and I will save it to a hard drive and then when it gets full I'll buy an external hard drive I'm not trusting that cloud I used to like Microsoft yeah. Microsoft used to be the reason that you could watch porn without having to fondle through the plastic covering in a shop or go like scouting through hedgerows well, I, st I, I like analog. 
analog you know, porn. They should bring analog porn back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but not hedge porn. Well, that's fine. If you find hedge porn now, you're an adult. You've got to leave it there. Or we should yeah. maybe we should it's be going. Have I ever told you about the massive bag of porn I found? Uh, it kind of rings a bell, but tell me again because I'm sure everyone else hasn't. <laughs> so we were going to play a gig, and I think it might have been in Wales, and we were in this old van, and it couldn't get up this hill, like in this in this forest bit, and we couldn't get up this hill, so we had to pull over because we had this all this traffic behind us. So we pulled off over into this dirt road in this kind of foresty bit in Wales. And so we all got out for a piss because we were all drinking. Uh, and I went over a piss next to these three massive black bin bags, just in the middle of nowhere, doing a piss. And I just looked down, and I thought, oh, these three bags are weird. So I opened one of these bags, and it was just a massive bin, black bin bag of porn. And there was three of them. Like, wow. Hundreds and hundreds of pornos. That's like the hedge porn at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> big, big black bags. It was it was amazing. It was like you opened it and this massive golden shard just came right out of it. <laughs> it could have been the smell of jizz that knocked me out. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Was there also a porno in there called Three Black Bags? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I tell you what, it was a lot of 70s, very hairy porn. Jeez. There's loads of it. It was thousands and thousands of magazines of it. We took a couple just for the just to read on the way to this show we were playing. Couldn't read them though. Some of the pages were a bit uh, crinkly, crusty, stuck together. Nice. Yeah, a bit like I was just trying to read the article here, but so I did like Microsoft. Was my point when you could have Microsoft porn? <laughs> I was just born <laughs> on the internet, and now, no, I'm going back to hedge porn and ditching Microsoft. Yeah, get the old VHS back. Yeah. So anyway, rewind, pause, rewind, pause, rewind, pause. Oh my god, it's going faster! Ah, you can't pause VHS. You get the crinkly lines all across the tape. That's what DVD no, that... brought to the scene and completely changed teenage wanking for everyone. Anyway, what's next? I don't know. Are we recording a podcast? I've forgotten what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be a horror film podcast, but we've started talking about porn. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh... Talking about porn or torture porn, his master of the carb. Is that a good segue? Yeah! <laughs> nice. Master of the macabre. Welcome to the master of the macabre. We are about to pick our favourite performer in Day of the Dead, 1985, George A. Romero. And I have two picks, Jimmy. Okay. Do <gasps> you have two picks, or you just come with a one, like a loser? No, I've got... Uh, no, I think I've got two, I think. Right, well, I'll name one, you, you name one, I'll name one, you name one. Okay. <laughs> okay, my first one, Joseph Pilato, Captain Rhodes. Uh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> what was that? Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> why? Yeah, why he, not? Because he was good. What? Yeah, I like it. In depth. <laughs> yeah. He uh he was just the best actor there, I think. He he um was this believable, crazy 
overstressed captain in charge of absolute nutcases on both sides. One of them was feeding a zombie on the science side, and the other lot just wanted to fight and shoot things and rape the only woman around. Yes, and he's done it before. He knows the zombie film. He's done it before. Yeah. So there we go. That's got to be a good thing. Because this is all very, this is still very a new kind of genre, isn't it? It's still very fresh and new by, sort of, by 1985. Like, now we're flooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're flooded with zombie films. Like, I still need to find that zombie film where dicks fall off. Oh, man, I want to put know it out there is. again. Yeah. If anyone Putting knows there's like a zombie again. film, where there's, is it something from space coming, causing radiation that causes your dick to fall off? Yes, and they're on some sort of industrial park or something. Something comes down, someone's dick falls off. This must Still be about the fourth or fifth film. time we've mentioned this film on the podcast and no one's told us what it is. Because I think you dreamt it, but I, you know, I'll keep I don't think I did because I'm Googling it as well and I'm not getting it. So you're Googling it and it's not coming back as a search, therefore you definitely didn't dream it. <laughs> is that your logic? Yes. Okay. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure because it's, pro- it's proper down there it's not a it's not obviously it's not a fucking famous film it was down there and i made this collection of zombie films it was like look right it was like this like that width of dvds can you imagine jimmy's showing his hands at a held quite far apart it's like a meter of dvds yeah so that's what like 20 25 dvds yeah one of them was this film that the willies fell off I just want to know what it is. So where were these? Where anyway. was this meter of DVDs? Huh? Where were these twenty-five DVDs? Sorry. Where are they? Yeah, you said you had these DVDs. Yeah. It's a long story. I don't have them anymore. Did you? Somebody throw them got them. Somebody got them in a in a. Uh, somebody in a, else got them. An ex-boyfriend or girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not a boyfriend. What are you trying to say? Just leaving your options open. Well, it could be. Could be a boyfriend, could be a girlfriend. Who cares? Not prejudiced here. You're also not gay, though, as well, so it's probably a girlfriend. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Willie's fell off. Yeah. So, what are we talking about? Master of the Macabre. He needs to chuck me a pick. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, so I had Joseph Palato. Okay. Because I thought, yeah. And oh, I've also got Sherman Howard, who played Bub, which was a... Uh, I don't think it was recognised by Hollywood as groundbreaking, no. but more in a horror world, it was groundbreaking because he is the first zombie to have a conscious yeah-ness. And uh, words spoke something about Auntie Alice. Can I just say he's my he was my other choice as well. He was my other choice the first time round, and I believe he took the piss out of me for. (laughs) 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 
I don't remember. Oh, he's a very dashing chap, he's <laughs> young Sherman. <laughs> yeah. On a rewatch, I probably wouldn't pick him and take the piss out of you. That's how fucking flimsy we are in this podcast. Nothing we say holds or means anything. <laughs> this is just talking shit. <laughs> so who do we give it to then? Because we both chose two. I think we, it's probably Joseph Pilato. We chose the first time round. Did we? I think so. I just want to tell you what um, Howard Lee Sherman has been in. He was in Seinfeld. Probably only one bit. But it was in uh, Stephen King's The Stand. Nine, nine, four. Oh yeah, was he in Gone with the Wind? Uh, no. You know what would be hilarious, apart from that voice you just did. Thanks. <laughs> if uh, Gone with the Wind was a film uh, about zombies and people's penises falling off, <laughs> and that was the film that Romero was trying to base it on, and the film that you're trying to find out what it was called. Well, zombies expel a lot of gas, so you're not far off. Maybe the zombies are rotting so much that even the slight breeze could blow their penises off. Gone with the wind. Yeah? Write that down and I'll have a look at it. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> In the meantime, we do have to choose a master of the macabre. Right, after three, say who you want it to be, okay? Oh. One, two, three. Sherman Howard. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Howard, and I just wanted us to agree so we could move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, Joseph Pilato, just go with that. Is he still alive? Can we send him something? Or uh, can we... He is still... No, he didn't. He died March 24th, 2019. Ah, oh, shit. So the first time we tried to record this episode. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah, around about that time. Uh, I think he won it on the first recording of this anyway. Uh, let's find out. It'd be interesting to see who wins it on the third recording when I fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about fucking things up, Jimmy. <laughs> time for the Madhouse rating system. Oh, yeah! Right, it's that time. It's what you've all been waiting for. Scientifically proven. It's the Madhouse rating system! Blah, 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 blah! Oh, yeah! I like the energy. I'm not entirely sure about the scientifically uh, proven, but uh, we do live in it 2021, so fuck it. It's scientifically proven. <laughs> you can say that, right? And it just makes it true these days. Yeah, Hang of course. On. No one's going to check it. Who's going to check it? <laughs> no one, because no one's listening. <laughs> yeah, go on. I, go on. I dare you out there to check <laughs> it if it's not scientifically proven. I, they call me P- Professor Jim Halfcut Faulkner. It's Dr. Joey. I've only had four pints Gallagher. I've got a doctorate in fucking myself, that boy. <laughs> but you've got a professorate. How come you're more qualified than me? <laughs> oh, well, wait, hang on. I've just got in, my boy. PhD. No, PhD's doctor. I've just got my professorate. 
Now, just uh, prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> right, anyway, once again, Jimmy, we find ourselves watching a film that attacks you with tension on many Whoa, levels. hold on a minute. I haven't done the bit. Well, once again, Jimmy, we find ourselves <laughs> fucking up, brilliantly attacking you, building up the suspense for you to introduce what we're talking about. There, Ladies and gentlemen, first up, we've got that tension and suspense. So like I said, <laughs> we find ourselves watching a film that brilliantly attacks you on many levels with tension. Many filmmakers try to have depth to their films, miss the mark or miss the point. But much like the previous two films in this trilogy, the protagonist and their band of survivors find themselves with both undead and alive enemies and the primal needs to attack and eat that the zombies display is matched by the idiocy and scheming of the living. Human element is that... added to the horror, and the suspense is awesome. Yeah, and that that's the kicker about zombie films, is that it brings up the... Um, it's literally the, the threat there of the zombies yep. that humans are fighting against. That's the major threat that you think, right? Mm-hmm. That's there. It's in front of their faces. Oh shit, zombies. Yeah. Oh. But then what he cleverly does is it's actually about how humans get along with each other and how humans are falling apart and fighting each other instead of fighting the enemies. <laughs> yeah. The threat. The zombies. Do you know what I mean? The threat, the initial threat. Turns other people into a threat. The threat is supposed to be the zombies, but the actual threat is other human beings because human beings are essentially wankers. Yeah, it's like a life lesson. The real zombies yeah. were in us all along. I think, yeah. I think, no, well, actually, I think George A. Romero said that it's not, the zombies aren't the real enemies here. Like the zombies aren't the bad person, it's the actual it's the humans that are the bad people. Bad thing. Whoa, we sound like we're on LSD. Well <sighs> JD insiders, isn't it? Boy. Same thing. Boom. What are we giving it for tension and suspense? <laughs> I'd, I would give it a star. I'd like to point out that Jimmy's purposefully over pronouncing the word suspense for a conversation we had in the break. Where I was ready to hear he has uh, how he said suspense or suspense or whatever he said. So I'll give it One a star. star. Yeah, excellent. How are you going right. to pronounce effects? <laughs> um... It's uh, it's gore and visual effects, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes! So I think this film has the absolute best kind of gore there is. Blood and guts everywhere. It's gory and overindulgent with the effects. It rides the line between comical and real. And I really like that kind of gore. Uh, with the shit just flung everywhere. Guts popping out. Graphic. Yes, but it's uh, it's practical 
practical special effects, isn't it? So it's pig pig intestines. And there's that lovely little bit where uh, Joseph Pilato's getting torn apart and then you could just see a rubber chicken being pulled out of him. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes, you need to go back on that. <laughs> I, to watch that. I think you could probably just find that clip on YouTube when yeah. he's getting pulled apart by all the all the people, and there's just like a rubber chicken that gets pulled out. What does he say? Very there? good. It's very Tom Savini. Like that's his. That uh, was kind of his style. Like all those practical. Like let's not do. Let's not do fucking computer bollocks. Yeah. Obviously, because they didn't have computer bollocks in 1985. But he was very clever about thinking about how do we make this effect happen and let's do it. And the answer real. was a rubber chicken. Yeah, you should do, you should go YouTube that. Actually. It was uh, funny. pig's blood and guts, which were sourced from a local slaughterhouse. So Captain, yeah, like you say, Captain Rhodes' fantastic death and many of the zombie guts were pig entrails. At some point in the mm. shoot, the fridge housing these entrails was turned off, causing them to start to smell. This in turn made some of the staff feel physically sick, and Joseph Pilato said he can still smell that smell to this day. But I will say to this day, I don't know when he said that, so I don't know if he can actually still smell that smell to this day. He can smell that smell up until the point where he said he could smell that smell to this day. Well, Whenever that was. God rest his soul, he's probably smelling like that smell now. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot you just told me he's dead. He could have been cremated as well. Uh, he could have been. I'll Google that later. <laughs> okay, well, happens. update us towards the end here. Uh, lots of the fake limbs used were made of rubber, but when Sarah tried to cut off Miguel's arm, the machete just bounced off. Well, I've got the written as manchete, and that sounds like some kind of manly machete. So, but the machete just That's bounced just off. That's just a cock, isn't it? A machete. <laughs> <laughs> my manchete. That's what I used to cut my way through the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> they uh, they made a new arm out of wax and used that instead. I feel like I've completely ruined my point now, and I've made myself feel a little <laughs> bit sick. Did you know the wall at the beginning of the film, with the zombie hands reaching through, had to be redone because the first wall fell down on the uh, actress? What, God, what's her name? Have I forgotten her name? No, I didn't know that. Laurie Cardiel. Yeah, the wall fell down. She was nearly injured, but she wasn't, and they redid it, so all was fine. And for gore and visual effects, it gets a star? Yeah, it's got to get a star, because it's Tom Savini. It's got to get a star. Yeah. Next up, we have, as always, the one and only, the one time. It's, of course it is. It's performance from people who acted in this film. Well, that would be handy. <laughs> <laughs> And I got much to say. I think it was a good performance from everyone. For me, the standouts were Larry Cardiel, Joseph Pilato, Anthony Dilio. And a special shout out to what's his face? Sherman Howard. Bob. Yeah. Bob. Also, uh, they used a lot of um, repeating zombies from the previous films, I think. Oh. Like, because they filmed it in that area, he was so happy with them in the previous films. He yep. was like, oh, just come back and do it again. Nice. Also, I think this is the first film that um, had a zombie clown in it. And yeah. then 
zombie clown appears again in the next film, Land of the Dead. Yeah, there were some other funny zombie... It's so long since I've seen the film now since we're re-recording this for the 125th time. <laughs> yeah, you get interesting zombies in it. Yeah, there's some really well... Let's say well-dressed. I'll say well-made-up hidden Easter egg zombies in this film to go and find. Yeah, and I think I think we can get into them a little bit more in the fourth film because they appear more in the fourth film. I do remember the last time we recorded this episode, uh, we came up with the idea of the decade of the dead. Do you remember? I think we were uh, talking about lockdown dragging on it taking ages, and I said, "Oh, it's not like day of the dead; it's decade of the dead." And then we were going <laughs> to. Oh yes, that was a funny quip. Yeah, it's not as funny I'm repeating it, but I do want to put out there the idea that we've thought of Decade of the Dead. Yeah. All right, get George on the blower. See what he's got to say about it. George, what are you doing, boy? You're upset here doing fuck all, mate. I'm just doing a fucking jigsaw. Well, we've got a cracking idea for a zombie film. Decade of the Dead. How are you having that, boy? All right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. I came up with day, dawn, night. I wasn't thinking a decade and a century of the dead. Anyway, what are we getting for performance? He's like, no, you tit. That's a bit too long, isn't it? I'm not going to last that long. All right, all right. Cheers, George. We'll do that ourselves then, dickhead. Bye. And then you get Netflix on the blower. (laughs) Got a great series for you, at least 10 seasons in it. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Are we giving it one for performance? Always giving it one. For performance. Nice. Musical score on the sound effects. Blap, blap, blap. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, I'm just telling myself to. Oh. Well, saves me a job. <laughs> 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 the uh, the uh, score and sound effects was composed and performed by John Harrison, produced by John Harrison and John Sutton. Spotsy Spallacino and his band Modern Man appeared to be uncredited as the musicians of the movie soundtrack, as well as the Dead Suite. Overall, the soundtrack, I think it's an 80s banger of a soundtrack, synths all over the bloody place, modulating tones and underlying bass. It's all on synths, as was the custom at the time, Jimmy. (laughs) Rolling drums, (laughs) building the pace, and building the tension. That's all I gotta say. Guess a star from me. Yeah, yeah, right. Might as well. Four out of five. So that's four out of bloody five. Feeling generous on our first time back after months. We're just hanging out the stars all over the place. Yeah, isn't it? Um, next one then. It's got to be. It's got to be that overall. Exp- I know what I'm doing. I was just. I was just having a look. That- overall, <laughs> you just pulled a face of a rabbit long. in headlights. <laughs> it was like, sorry, carry on. What? It's the overall experience, isn't it, boy? Yeah. What are you saying? Well, it's not my favourite of the three. Okay. It's your favourite, Dawn of the Dead? Uh, Dawn of the Dead is actually my favourite, yes. Yeah, I think so. Actually, of the three that we've done, of the three that we've done, Dawn of the Dead is my favourite. Then I would say night and then I say day in this. 
situation I get what you mean uh, yeah Dawn of the Dead is my favorite I will be torn between this one and Night of the Living Dead but nostalgia of Night of the Living Dead being the first one and being a breakthrough at the time more than the rest this one to me is the one where they go oh shit oh fuck what can we do here I know we'll chuck a fucking talking zombie in here let's do that do you know what I mean it's like let's let's chuck something in there the remake of Dawn of the Dead had a zombie baby. Just reminding you of that. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah. Right. Two thousand four. I quite like that remake. The only good remake. I like that. Two good films. Yeah, both both good. The remakes of these are great, except Day of the Dead Bloodline. Don't watch that. I That's haven't shit. seen it. That's shit. When you get the colon in a film title uh, on Beg a pardon. franchise like this, do you know what I mean? Where someone writes Day of the Dead colon bloodline is gonna be it's gonna be shit yeah that's not good um never trust a colon what we on overall experience yeah i would i thought a five sounds good to me so i would leave it as it is it's up to you if you want to make it a five or you could take one away i think four i think four because i know you throw the next one in line for me because it's more our time when we were born so the next next one of these films is going to be good and i'm excited about it sweet um i'd leave this at a four it's not my favorite it's my third favorite so far at the minute yeah and then it's gonna go down the list in a minute it's gonna go down next time we do do the other films Am I waffling? I don't know. I don't know. Am I waffling? Am I talking bollocks? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But I'm going to say four out of five. Sweet. So four out of five for the Day of the Dead, 1985. What's the next Romero film we're doing, Jimmy? The next Romero film we're going to do is Land of the Dead. In ten episodes time. What year is that? Do you know? I have no idea. Um, 92? Oh, it's a... It's like two... I'll tell you in a minute. Hold on. Oh, hang on. Land of the Dead's an early noughties, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's got like, um, it's got some interesting uh, characters in it. 2005. That's 20. Is that 20 years? 25 years. Is that 25? How many years is that? 20 years? Sure, fuck it. By the time this gets fuck released, it, it's twenty years. Is, yeah, <laughs> changes years, every time we a, record this. This episode. is a really good film. It's got a really good fucking soundtrack, and it's got like, it's good. Anyway, we'll, well get to that. In that's episode, episode forty, five. mate. Talk about episode thirty-one next when we gave you you give you yeah you give me your IMD challenge choice, but I I might be cheating because I know what it is because I've already watched it and talked to you about it. <laughs> Before we knew that, have it because I was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change it up. Oh, really? That film was amazing. Shit, which one was it? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, oh! Have you actually already watched it? I, I watched it and I loved it. So I mean, you okay. change it if you want. We can do that another time. No, let's do it. Let's do it on the next one. So Jimmy's choice this week is. Do you want me to read it out again? 
Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Do you uh, read the description? People will know what to expect then if they choose to watch it. Okay, hold on a minute. Yeah, it's a fucking banger, isn't it? It was really good. I can't remember if I was annoyed they hadn't left it open for sequels or if I was excited they had left it open for no, sequels. No, because it's an actual... Because it, it's, a, it's a book, isn't it? So... It's ba- there's bound to be sequels and shit. I hope so. And Very I hope they're not shit. Though. On Halloween! 1968, Stella and her two friends meet a mysterious drifter, Ramon, and uncover a sinister notebook of stories. Is that the whole thing? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I read to you last time. Oh. That'd be why I didn't get it last time either. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is if you want to all have a little watch of it first, scary stories to tell in the dark. It's very good. It's like an anthology of fucking loveliness. What year it's a modern one, isn't it? What year is it? What year is it? Within like the last decade. Twenty nineteen. Shit, within the last two years. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it is, yeah, it's a load of little... Um, it's not actually different stories. It's loads of different kind of things happening woven into one story. It's brilliant. I like it. Yeah, but they, they, they're in the same bit. They're all connected. It's very good. It's very kind of Stephen King-ish, where it's all in that kind of yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. But it is actually a book. There is actually a book that you can get so this is just, I think, taken from this book. I don't know, but uh, apparently it's, I think it's quite a, an American thing, this book's scary stories to tell in the dark. All right. Apparently it's um, what, uh, like, fucking fairy tales shit, but it's like a book. Yeah, I get you. I don't know. It's yeah, a book. Yeah, you get me. It's a book. It's with a book. some hard, scary short stories in it, and they've turned it into a film that contains a few of those stories in it, but few of those wrapped stories. under one Correct. main story. Thank you. Boom. Yes. We'll get into it next episode anyway, in like six months, yeah? <laughs> now nah, we'll fucking... We'll see you in... Uh, next Friday. We'll 2024. Friday. Yeah, boy! <laughs> when we're in lockdown. Eight and nine. <laughs> And that's just a zombie tied up in the other room. No, well, she won't. She'll be a skeleton because, as we've discussed before, oh, of course, yeah. flesh well, only lasts when... for one year. It depends at what point you sacrifice her to the zombies to save your own skin. Well, that's about five weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Right, we're done. Four out of five for Day of the Dead. Next one, five. Land of the Dead. But next actual episode. Scary stories to tell in the dark. So don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast app, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and email us your requests, views, opinions, crazy ramblings, and personal horror stories to the Madhouse Podcast at Outlook.com. Jimmy and myself will see you in a fortnight for our next episode on Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Always leave the porn in the bushes. Yeah, boy! Nailed it. Uh...